Interstate Batteries offers a wide variety of batteries for your everyday needs. Stop into one of their thousands of retail locations and talk with a battery specialist about batteries for your truck, trail cameras, and even those weird batteries for your rangefinder. Interstate Batteries even offers cell phone repair in certain locations. For more information, visit interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. The Houndsman XP podcast is fueled by Joy Dog Food. Joy Dog Food has a rich tradition of supporting the Houndsman of America. Founded in 1945, Joy is proud of its history and the relationship it has built with the American Houndsman. And in 76 years, there's never been a recall. Made with 100% American-made high-quality ingredients, Joy Dog Food has one of the highest calorie-dense formulas on the market. For 76 years, this Made in America product has kept hunting dogs in the field day after day, season after season. And when we say Made in America, Joy has a long track record of fighting for American freedoms by being on the front lines against the animal rights movement and their extremist tactics. Joy will fuel your hounds and fight for your freedoms, fueled by Joy. The Houndsman XP Podcast Network is powered by Cajun Lights. All of your lighting needs for hunting can be taken care of at Cajun Lights. They have three models of cap lights. I'm going to run through them real quick. You've got the Rogueroo, which is their high-end light. If you're a competition hunter and you got to find that coon up in a tree and it's all riding on finding that coon, you'll want the Rogueroo on your head. Next is the Bayou. That's a pretty standard light, but it's got packed with features. It's got multiple colors. It's got walking lights. It's got the red, the green, the amber. It's all built in right into that light. And then you have one of my personal favorites, the Micro Gator. The Micro Gator is an ultra lightweight cap light. It's got all the features of a white light, red, green, and amber. I've used this light for everything from finding bear tracks early in the morning to coon hunting at night to working on plumbing in the house changing tires on the side of the road my truck doesn't leave the driveway without a cajun light in it and that light is the micro gator every cajun light is durable made from the highest quality components and it is backed by cajun's top rated customer service check out cajun lights you can go to our website at houndsmanxp.com go to our sponsors page hit that link it'll take you right to cajun lights check them out they got a lot of stuff to offer over at Cajun Lights. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Truth on the Hounds of an XP Podcast Network. And today I am joined in, we're actually both in East Texas, uh, Collins, but we're not together. We're over here, we're doing this over the phone. Me and Chris are going to try to get together this evening but with as busy as we are we couldn't do it so we're just doing a phone call even though we're a couple hours apart but how are you chris collins man i'm good i uh i'm hot but i'm good it's done got hot down here oh it ain't too bad it's uh, pretty nice they said it was worse last week before i showed up it was it we, we had some 90 degrees but i mean it's still we're just uh anticipating the hot so it's yeah. it's, it's already hot to me yeah <laughs> Well, I can hear my son's phone in here somewhere going off. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you what, traveling with a, a, a small child is almost as bad, if not worse, than traveling with a dog. Oh, hey, I'm <laughs> telling you, you always got to stop to pee or something. Oh, yeah, and they leave stuff laying around constantly Absolutely. and losing it, everything. But, Chris, reason one reason I want to talk to you, and... uh there's not many folks like us, and I'm, I'm not I'm not bragging or anything, but normally we hunt our own stock. Uh, yes, sir. And we hunt at pretty fairly high level. Uh, you know, I can think of just a few. You know, you're looking at Jed and Kevin Cable, and uh, Kurt usually is packing some TrackMan stuff. Uh, but most of the guys that hunt at the high-end pro classic level or even the big PKC open event level and stuff like that, most of them are, they're not raising puppies very often. And uh, you're kind of one of the exceptions to that rule. And I know you're three generations off ring, I think, last time I checked. And, of course, ring, I seen you bred a female to him yesterday, it looked like, huh? 
I did. I did. He uh, he actually uh, just turned 12, the 21st, and I was like, man, there probably won't be no more puppies. You know, I, I have some breedings up there at Stacy Smitherman's, yep. but I was like, man, there probably won't be very many more live breedings out of him. And anyway, just got a phone call out of the blue and said, hey, would you want to breed this jip? And I was like, absolutely. Yeah. No, that's good. And she's a gold champion female out of what? She is out of Rackham Willie, and the mama is a gold champion female. So, oh, I got you. Uh, out of Schooner River Bear, I believe. Oh so, yeah, yeah. That's uh, uh, that's stuff right there. I'm you not... look at you look at Willie and Will or Willie and Schooner River Bear. That's some stuff been real hot lately in the winter circle. That, that's right. That's right for sure. So I, I'm kind of excited about it, and uh, like I said, hopefully uh, get a good pup out of it, and we'll just see where it goes. What about because I love this part of the world. I really do. Uh, I love coming down here, even this time of year when it's hot. You know, I enjoy my time down here. I enjoy the people, and I enjoy all that stuff. But this is not the easiest place in the world to hunt raccoons. What on earth got you started doing that in a place like, you know, southeast Texas? Well, so I was born and raised here all my life. Uh, I guess my mom had married a guy whenever I was young. And he had had some dogs, and I didn't know much about it. I always liked the outdoors, killing deer and hogs, whatever it could be, you know, just being in the outdoors. Well, he had an old, I think it was a red tick, and he wanted to take me out one night, you know, I guess to kind of show off to my mom, hey, I'm taking your kid out hunting. <laughs> so so uh, anyway, we go to Cleveland National Forest over here, and yeah. we go in there and we tree a coon, and I'm like, man, this is what I'm talking about. So... I guess I was probably maybe 12, 12-ish, I guess. And, uh, you know, I kind of got out of it after that. He, uh, They ended up divorcing, so we moved on our separate ways. Well, I was sitting there at the cafe right here in Moss Hill, and Willie West uh, was sitting there, and I'd heard that he had had some dogs. And I said, man, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get me one and uh, maybe go hunting with him one night. Well, I call him, or I go over there to his table, and I said, hey, Willie, I said, you got a you know, I heard you're a coon hunter. He's like, yeah, I am. I said, well, what about uh, taking me coon hunting? He said, well, I, I got something better for you. He said, if you'll go with me, I'll give you a dog. And I'm like, oh, man, you know, I can't beat that. So anyway, I meet Willie in there. I've got, you know, my deer lease I'm talking about to him, and he's getting excited like any coon hunter, you know, that's about to pick up some more land. Oh, you know? yeah. And he's like, oh, yeah, I got a dog for you, brother. And I was like, well, let's go. So, uh, anyway, he brings this black and tan female. And so this is probably my second time to ever really go. Yeah. And, uh, I don't know much about it. This is only about 11, 12 years ago. And anyhow, he, uh, we cut loose and the dog runs over there and we go to the tree and, uh, his dog's tree and we go over and look and the dog that he has given me is kind of like walking in a circle and lays down right by the tree. And I'm like, Hmm. So I asked him, I said, Hey, Willie, uh, you know, that dog's supposed to do that? And he goes, no, brother, she's not supposed to do that. He said, we'll find you another one. I said, well, that'll work. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so, I mean, just hunt. I mean, well, I guess to answer your question about hunting around here, it kind of started with, you know, hunting with Willie, and it's just kind of taken off since. So that's, uh, but like I said, I've lived right here where I've lived all my life. That old boy that took you the first time had an English dog that went and just ran a, ran a tree to coon in the middle of the Cleveland National Forest. I'm telling you right now, I was, you know, I was 12 years old. I was impressed, but to see it done now, I was thinking, man, he might have had a pretty good dog. <laughs> no <laughs> kidding. That's what I was just thinking. That thing yeah. probably all right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm thinking in my head now, if I had one like that now, I might be able to do, you know, do a little bit of winning. Yeah, no kidding. So where'd you go from there? Did Willie get you another dog? So he did. He, uh, he, he come across another one and, uh, he gave it to me and I'm going to tell you, she was a black and tan. Willie was a black and tan man at first. And if I would have known what I know now about coon hunting, she was probably, I, I, I probably one of the best black and tans that I've ever been with. And I haven't been with many, uh, cause you know, they're just not in hunts like, you know, there are, you know, I guess back then compared to now, right. but anyhow, they, uh, man, Josh, she was so trashy. She would run anything with four legs and a tail. 
and she would treat coons and she would leave you barking. And I was like, in my head, this thing is trash, man. (laughs) So, you know, I just didn't like it at that time. And I was like, I've got to get rid of it. So I ended up giving her to a boy and, uh, I bought a dog from a guy. He wanted $600 for it and she was running and treeing. And I mean, you look at the prices now for, you know, a started dog running a tree and 600 bucks back then, you know, 12 years ago, that was a fair price. You know, now you're going to pay three to 4,000 for one, you know, needs another 30 nights on it or something. Oh yeah. And you're and, and lucky to have it. Yeah, that's right. So I had bought that jeep but for $600 and, uh, I got her going pretty good. And uh, I put her in her, she was the first dog that I want to hunt with. I went to a PKC hunt in Corgan and I won a $110, uh, $50 hunt, you know, paid 110 yep. to win it. But yeah. I was on cloud 10. I say, was you walking in tall cotton after that thinking you was the greatest coon hey, hunter ever? Look here. I mean, I couldn't fit. I had to let the air out of the door, you know, out of my head so I could fit in the door when I walked in. <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, going from, you know, from her, you know, I, I just kind of realized, you know, being around the hunts and, uh, Joe had had magic at that time yeah, and just, uh, you know, exceptional coon dog, uh, for around these parts and anywhere you would have taken him. I think he'd have won no telling how much if you, you know, the hunts were as big as they are now, right. uh, then anyway, just hunting with kind of dogs like that. And Van Pierce had a uh, Lincoln and, you know, just these exceptional dogs around this area, I got to realizing that mine wasn't too exceptional. Yeah, she'd run in tree coons, but she wasn't what I thought that she should be what their dogs were. So I get to uh, poking around, and I end up buying a dog. I sold her and bought a puppy off of Tequila Sunrise and uh, Smoky Mountain Crook. Yep. And he was a, he was a freak show uh, at nine months old. I had put him in a few casts. I had uh, won about $250 with him, two UKC first and a uh, AKC uh, win. And a kid down here, Quentin Campbell, had uh, put him in a UKC, uh, AKC, I'm sorry, Youth State Championship and won it with him. And I ended up selling him to Ashley Hopkins, and he ended up dying. I think, uh, I think Ashley told me they bought him said he was one of the closest things that he had seen since son that he, you know, just acted the same way he did was just a freak. And, uh, I think 4th of July night, he, uh, had him out there on the chain. And I think if I'm not mistaken, uh, firecrackers went off and he run up the chain and come down the tree on the other side and hung himself. So, yeah. uh, didn't, didn't own the dog two weeks. It was just a crazy deal. Do you ever, but regret, then, uh, do you regret selling him? absolutely all the time yeah. i look back and think, man what a pup you know yeah. but you know at that time i seen dollar signs and i had had my eye uh to get to where i'm at now on ring anyway yeah uh because i had taken his name was deuce i had taken him to a ukc hunt over in deweyville which is right on the louisiana line and ring was about a year and a half i guess at that time and uh cody reynolds owned him and Man, he just got out there and we cut loose. And man, Ring just has always been a good strike dog. And uh, anyway, he just throttled me. And I'm like, man, you know. But I'm hunting a nine month old pup in my head. I'm going, you know, it's it's not that bad. Well, yeah. uh, I had offered to buy Ring at that time, and Cody said, no, I'm not going to sell him. So I said, well, I'm just going to sell him and sell this puppy puppy that I got, and I'm going to throw some money at him and see. So I did, and uh, I sold him to Ashley. And uh, anyhow, I went to another hunt, and uh, I think I was hunting a buddy of mine's dog and drew ring again, and I offered him $2,500 for him. And Cody about fell out when I offered it for him. He said, man, you'd really give me that much for that dog? I said, absolutely, right now. And he said, uh, okay. He said, let, let me think about it when we get to the truck. And in my head, I'm going, man, this is the real, you know, this dog is the real deal. And I'm about to steal him for $2,500. How you sleep well, at night, Chris? Uh, now? <laughs> with the fan on? <laughs> yeah, yeah, with the fan on real loud. With the fan on real loud. So I uh, I sit there and I, I, I was thinking in my head, man, I'm really about to steal this dog for $2,500. This guy really don't know what he's got. And uh, anyway, he gets up to the truck and he calls me, man, I'm, I already tells me, he said, man, I'm just not going to sell him. I said, okay. I said, well, I, you know, I got it right here in my pocket. 
He said, I appreciate it, but I'm not going to sell him. I said, okay, well, fine. So at them time, I'm, you know, I'm kind of down a dog. I don't have a dog and I, I buy another pup and I start hunting him. And, uh, anyway, Cody calls me up about a month later and he says, Hey man, he said, I'm not hunting too much right now. He said, would you want to buy a ring? I said, absolutely. I said, how much you want for him? He said, I want 3000. I said, I'm, I'm at work right now. When I get home, I will head your way and I'll bring you $100 bills. He said, okay, sounds good. So get home throw the dog box in the truck, pulling out of the driveway, he calls me. Hey, man, I'm not going to sell a ring. I, I, I decided not to sell him. Oh, and I'm in my head. I'm in my head. And I'm like, golly. You know, I said, well, you know, man, I, I'm already, you know, I kind of done told him a little lie. I'm like, man, I'm halfway to your house, you know, <laughs> hoping he'd feel bad for yeah. me, but he didn't, <laughs> you know. <laughs> he had no remorse. So I, I tell him, I say, all right, man, I understand. You know, I understand it's, it's no big deal. Well, this rocks on, and I keep texting and calling. Well, another day, it's probably two months out of the blue after that. He calls me up. He said, man, and I've done bought a dog in the, out of uh, Rat Attack, directly out of Rat, and I'm hunting him. And I've done some winning with him, uh, put him in a couple UKC and PKC hunts, had probably three or $400 winning with him, not a whole lot. Yeah. And uh, Cody calls me out of the blue, and he says, hey, man, thing about selling ring again. I said, well, that's good for you. He said, because uh, by this time, this is the second time this guy's done told me, I'm going to sell you this dog. And I'm like, well, that's good. He said, how much do you think he's worth? Would you buy him? I said, man, I've got a dog. I said, I don't need him. He said, well, how much do you think he's worth? I said, Cody, that's a $5,000 dog all day long. Yeah. He said, really? I said, yep. And he says, okay, well, I'm going to sell him for that. And in my head, I'm going, man, I could really still buy this dog, you know, and come out good on top, I feel like. So anyway... I, uh, I go sell my other dog to buy this, to buy rain. Well, I call him up and said, Hey man, let, let's meet up. If you, if you, uh, you know, tell me you're going to sell him and you back out on me again, I'm just going to come take the dog out of your yard and leave the money <laughs> on the porch. And he's like, no, man, I promise you, bud. I promise you I'll sell you this dog. So I said, okay. So ring is, uh, by this time, I guess he's, I'm going to say a little, maybe two, he's two probably two years old, just turned two, I believe, had a super stakes left and uh, had a terrible birthday. And uh, so anyway, he comes hunting with me and uh, I bring Willie West and he's got his slam dog, which at that time I thought was a really nice dog. And he is still, you know, he was a yeah. nice dog. We cut loose by ring by itself, sinks in there, boom, trees a coon. And I said, well, that's good. We cut both of them together. Uh, slam goes one way, ring goes the other, boom, ring trees another coon. I said, hey, this is this is what I'm looking for. I already knew the dog because I done drew him twice, you yep, know. Yep. And uh, anyway, he trees he trees the third coon after that. And I said, all right. And I said, well, he said, you seen enough? I said, yeah, I've seen enough. Let's go ahead and go up to the truck. We get up there, and I said, look, Cody, I'll give you four thousand dollars for this dog in my pocket right now. He said, no. I guess I'll load him up and take him back to Buna. And I said, oh, he ain't bluffing, you know. So he loads <laughs> him up and puts him in the back of your – and it goes put him in the back of his truck. He's like, pull that other 1000 out of there, and uh, you go ahead and buy him. So I did, and I bought him, and uh, the rest has been history since. So well, that ain't I got bad. him That's better. Two. That's better for your conscience than 2500 Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> I, I made myself pay, five, you know, an extra you know, 2500 yeah. on top of opening my fat mouth and saying he's a five thousand dollar dog you know and, and at that time josh you know uh heck he's eight years old now so uh 10 years ago or uh, 12 years old now yeah so 10 years ago five thousand to me was a lot of money you know especially for a dog well 10 years ago five thousand would get you a really really good coon dog and it did for i mean sure. it did. i mean you when you said the dog was worth five thousand dollars uh that's what he was worth you know, and right. to to the right person, maybe it's a ten thousand dollar dog at that time, but uh, most of those dogs of that caliber, which there weren't a lot. I mean, it was just as hard to find a good dog back then as it is now. But back then, a good one you could get for five grand, and today it's going to cost you fifteen to twenty. That's right. That's right for sure. But if you, not more. You know what's it? Yeah, I say if not more, seventy five for Apollo if you're looking. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I could write a check if he'd take it. You <laughs> yeah. know, as long as he don't cash it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Right. Just but do it on credit. One thing, 
because you're talking about that black and tan jip you had that was wild and trashy and barked a lot and you didn't like her you know and then looking back now you say well you know that dog was probably all right and i wish i had that dog uh that i mean because we don't like if we were just pleasure hunting chris you know just as well as i do we'd have dogs that didn't bark a bunch and they didn't go two miles every time we turned them loose and they wouldn't run no junk and they would just be common you know coon treers and we'd have all kinds of fun but the competition aspect changes all that absolutely absolutely i mean and and i and down here where i'm at i'm going to pleasure hunt so you know so much more which everybody does you know i say uh you know maybe dual and ward and weed and them and joe they're going to go you know to a lot more hunts than than i am but i am going to do a lot more pleasure hunting than i am in the big hunts because which i do go to them you know i've i've, I've got the uh, i went to the black ip this year and done well and to the franklin uh 5000 entry and done well there so um you know I, I have hit some bigger hunts this year but for the majority of my stuff i'm not i'm i'm pleasure hunting you know five nights a week and i'm not just listening to something every time it's foot hits the ground barking yeah pleasure hunting well, that's a big. That's been a big topic on on the interwebs this this week is babbling dogs. And you know, I've got one right now. I'm hunting Brandy. Uh, I've tightened her up some. Uh, she's still gonna bark way too much to suit me. But well, you, send her to me. Yeah, <laughs> you wouldn't like her either. This mud hole and crazy skunk killing thing. I tell you what. But anyway, uh, I've had both. You know, I've had dogs. Duds open. You hunted with Duds. He opened plenty. You know, but. Brandy opens a lot. Con didn't hardly say nothing. Rain didn't say much on the ground. Since the same way. I've, I've hunted them both ways. And when it comes to winning coon hunts, that babbling is not as big a deal as people think it is. If you just treat coons, man, that's all that matters. That's I mean, it does, it does help. I will say, especially when, you know, people strike them right off, you know, to the, off the leash and they mm-hmm. run over there, you know, they'll run half a mile before they ever even think about getting treated and treated coon. But, you know, I've also seen that babbling dog that's done that also hustle enough to go tree another coon or two to help yep. itself out. So yep. in my mind, I'm thinking, well, yeah, it might have babbled, but it also treed coons behind itself to, you know, to help that, you know, babbling part out. Yeah. I do think the 90-minute casts in PKC, the major events, are kind of a... I hate them. Yeah, I, I mean, t- that, that does kind of favor a babbling dog. <laughs> Yes, oh, I, I, yeah. I can't stand it, uh, you know, because Ring and Stick, the dog I'm hunting now, they need that extra 30 minutes. Yeah. I mean, it's just, they just need it. I mean, when they took that extra 30 minutes away from us, uh, it really kind of put me in a jam uh, with the kind of dogs I hunt because they're more of a trailing type, going to look for their type of coon, you know, type dog. And uh it just really kind of put a, you know, a little bit of a, you know, damper on me. I mean, I still do good with them, don't get me wrong, but that extra 30 minutes, I'm thinking, well, if I had another 30 minutes, what could have happened? Well, you know, we tailor these dogs to the rules, and we have ever since competition hunt started before me and you would probably ever even walk this earth, and it's hard to do that when the rules change every 60 minutes, you know? Yeah. That's right. That's right. Somebody gets upset and here we go with a rule change. Yeah, it's just like the leash lock, you know, and I, I was, I'm not going to say instrumental, but I was one of the loud voices against the leash lock, you know, and then we get rid of it and it all passes. And next thing you know, you know, two months later, it's gone, you know, and we're back right. to having a leash lock and we still have 90 minute casts. And I, yeah. lo- I love Roger Dale. He gets mad at me all the time when he goes, you know, every time I listen to your podcast, you just run me down. We're not doing that, Roger Dale. <laughs> no, not running you down. No. Just listen to us a little bit, RD. Yes, exactly. But no, I mean, if, my thing is if we're going to do the 90 minutes, there needs to be no leash lock. Right. You know, that it's just, it, I, I hunt, you know, hey, if we're losing hunting ground, I understand. I mean, it, we compared to up north down here, I live, uh, in the so I have I built this house you know last year and my father-in-law owns 650 acres and I built right in the middle of it so I'm I, I'm able to hunt 650 acres plus the land next to me was about 1100 I'm blessed to be able to go out my back door and cut a dog loose but that being said there are places you know uh, around here and around up north that aren't this big I mean up north this would be huge you know right. and 
and, and you know, I do know there are places that are losing hunting ground. And if that's the case, and we do have to go to the 90 minutes and stay at the 90 minutes, we we do need to make it no leash lock, in my opinion, just because of that babbling dog or, you know, a break. You know, I, I mean, at the Super Stakes uh, this year, I stayed on the leash for, I think, 40 minutes yeah. on Tuesday night. So, I mean, it, I mean, I couldn't do nothing for, you know, 40 minutes. Yeah, and, you know, that was one of the reasons in the long run the leash lock is going to get us dogs that are not so wild. You know, they're not, you know, spread apart. Maybe they'll tree together a little bit because the name of the game is to win. It always has been. And then it, with no leash lock, a dog that will cover out of the truck, maybe cover one other coon and tree its own is going to win a good vast majority of the time with the leash lock on you know, three dogs pile into one tree and they're all struck for, you know, 50, 75 and a quarter. Well, that dog that's struck for a hundred that floats through there two miles and gets treed and locks them all up till he gets there. And now you're in a big deficit with less time to do anything with. Yes, sir. I, I mean, and I, I was kind of at that, uh, deal. I went to Louisiana to a pro classic this uh, past weekend. And I mean, you know, talking about dog, you know, not saying nothing bad about the guy's dog any, by any means, but uh, you know, I cut loose. I strike for a hundred tree for a hundred. I got a cone. She comes and backs me for 50. She struck for 50. We pull off of there. She, another dog's working a track. She goes over there in trees and, uh, the dog that just got off the tree with me pulls over there and trees another, you know, trees with that dog for 75. Yeah. To me, those dogs like that are just so hard to beat. And yeah. it's, it, it aggravates me to no end, but in my head, I'm like, Hey, if that's what that guy likes to hunt, there's nothing I can say because, you know, that's his dog and that's how he, you know, likes to hunt maybe. And that's, that's totally up to him and that's yeah. totally fine. But in my head, I'm hating to lose like that, but Hey, it's coon hunting as part of it. You got to take your medicine and go. Well, one thing about those dogs like that, um, they're going to back a slick. They're going to back a possum. They're going to back a lot of things, you know, just two back two, and they're going to get in trouble. But, you know, you get in a coon train contest with a bunch of coon dogs. They're hard to beat. The trick is getting one that will back a coon and nothing else. Oh, well, I, I wish that uh, she would have went and backed on a possum or a slick, <laughs> but she, she didn't, you know. She, and, and she drew a bunch of coon my, dogs is what she did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mine, did, uh, mine, you know, treed that coon, and then he wanted to uh, mess around the rest of the cast. Yeah. I mean, he just. You know, I blame it on him. I was telling yeah. my buddy on the way home, you know, hey, I, I I tree a coon, you know, right out of the truck. Yeah, that's great. And he looked good doing it, you know. But he had 40 minutes to go tree another coon. Yeah, you know, I said, he should have treated another one. You know, that's his fault for not getting it done, not mine. Yeah. No, I agree. Well, that's enough rule rant, <laughs> Colin. So let's, yeah, yeah. Let, let's go Rock back. Let's up. go back to dogs. You... Barred list. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> You got uh, you got ring bought, and you gave a good chunk of change for him. But that was the dog. Sounds like to me that you wanted uh, this whole time. It was absolutely. I had, like I said, had my eye on him from you know the first minute that I drew him in the, you know in a hunt. Yeah. And then did you immediately go to win Edwin's ring, or did you guys have like a feeling out process with the new handler, new owner, new all that stuff? So let me tell you, I spent the five thousand on him, and. Uh, I buy this dog, and about a week into it, I call the guy that owns him. I'm like, hey, man, this dog's not working out. He don't want to go hunting for me. He just, I mean, he was a, at that time, I guess he had never been nowhere but Cody's house. And I'm like, man, you know, is there anything that I can do to get this dog back to you? And, you know, he gives me the old one-liner. I've already, I've already spent that money. Yeah. I'm like, you know, okay, well, that's fine. You know, I'm going to keep him. Well, it took about. I'm going to say probably a good month. I mean, he would run in tree coons, but not like I seen him doing these hunts, you know? Yeah. And it took me a good month for him to get used to me and me going out there every day and, you know, loving on him and petting on him. And, and this dog is not a shy dog by no means, but he just had to know that, Hey, I've never been to this guy's house before. He's not going to go out here and kill me, you know? Yeah. Well, it took me a good month, but yes, there was a little, that about a month, that 30 day, you know, trial, I guess you would say between me and him that I wanted to pinch his head off of many a times. And you know, that kind of surprises me too, because rings won with multiple handlers. You know, you've let other people handle ring a lot of times for you while you've been hunting 
something else and the dog's done well and looked good but he probably was was he staying at their house at any of that time or was he always at your house he he did i would you know so do uh chad doolin would take him uh you know because i had you know just the way my work schedule was national so it's kind of always out for me and uh, he would take him to the nationals for me he'd win a couple early rounds and just get beat late uh then he took him to the truck hunt for me i got a truck ticket with him he got him in the top 16 of the truck hunt um just couldn't get it done uh joe has been chance uh chance lynch has hunted him uh you know john this buddy of mine that is just now getting into it i mean ring turned 12 uh a few days ago and i've been letting john hunt him because he's you know he's starting to learn and he wanted a good dog and to, you know i said hey i said we'll make you a good dog i said until then you need to learn with a dog that is just going to run striking tree coons and be by itself. So all the hard part is out of it for him. You know, it's just easy. And man, I didn't think that ring, you know, he hadn't been out of the pen since, uh, the Lone Star and we pulled him out of the pen and I hunted him a few nights before the Lone Star because I thought I was going to go up there and, you know, maybe hunt him a few nights up there. And, uh, anyway, John uh, takes him and he starts hunting him and he's like, man, I really like this dog. He trees a lot of coons. I said, well, let's go put him in a hunt. Well, before I know it, John's done one a thousand dollars this year and with this dog. And I mean, I'm like, well, heck, I'm over here struggling to win cast sometimes and rings over there. John's got ring winning cast. I'm like, why don't you get my dog back, man? Yeah, no kidding. That's hard yeah, too I, when you think a dog's. You know, it ain't like rings retired. You've been hunting him. You just you just got him in. You know, didn't you get him in at the Black IP? You was hunting him down there, wasn't you? Or was you hunting that pup out of him? I was, I was hunting a uh, stick. Out. Yeah, you yeah, was hunting I was stick. Hunting. Where, when's because yeah. I seen you get ringy in here last winter, sometime somewhere. Yeah, I got him in. Uh, I got him in at Cleveland, like a little uh, pro classic yeah, there. That's what and, I was thinking, and, uh, probably. Yeah, yeah, and then you know, stick really started coming along. So I really just kind of put him on the back burner. And every time I show up somewhere, you know, with him, everybody's like, I thought you said he was retired because the last hunt I put him in every time I go, this is his last one, boys. Yeah. This is the last one to show up to another one. I thought you said that was his last one. And I was like, well, this might be it. That's but it's like, just hard to get a yeah. old dog. Well, I mean, it's hard whenever you're starting that. You you not not that you're starting sticks one quite a bit too you know but you got stick and then but you know you've got a consistent cast winner sitting right over there in the kennel that doesn't take a whole bunch of hunting through the week you know him like the back of your hand you know you've been around him for dang near a decade so it is hard to take a different dog when you want to win it is you know and I bought that dog when I bought him he was a he finished out to a grand night before he was two. Uh, and I do, you know, commend, you know, and, and give Cody all the credit for that part. But he was, you know, at a two-year-old pup, he was still so green, you know, uh, yeah. in a lot of ways. I took him. He had, uh, he was a grand knight, and he had, I think, $110 on him whenever I bought him because uh, Cody didn't do much PKC hunting. Yeah. And now, you know, he's, you know, of course, he's a grand knight. Uh, and I think, if I'm not mistaken, I'd have to go or call uh but I think with John putting that thousand probably on him, he's probably won about twenty five thousand now. I've won, with him. And, and that's you know that's uh that's a lot of hard hunting. That's not these big hunts and stuff like that. His biggest win came down there in Buffalo that year that we held that uh the one that Jed put on down yeah, there. Yeah, and the, that, the shootout. Yeah, the shootout. Yeah. Yep, and that was his biggest win that I won with him. That was a five thousand dollar win right there. Yeah. So. Yeah, everything else has been, you know, little small pro classics now that they're starting, you know, and then $100 entry, or, you know, or $50 entries and, you know, little added purses. Yeah. When did, because, uh, you know, he, I tell you what he reminds me, and we talked about Magic earlier, and I was there when Magic made Platinum Champion that night. He beat old Duds over at uh, the Lone Star. Yeah, he knocked yeah. me out. Yeah, he got <laughs> in, and I, I, what did he have? He just had like three and a quarter or something like that. It was a real oh, rough no. night. Sucker had 175 plus, and I had 175 plus, and he had 200 circle. Yeah, he did have 200 circle out of the truck. That that was when uh, Duds climbed that tree. Oh and yeah, Duds, a, Duds yeah. was up the tree, and I was getting him handled when they went over there to score that circle tree. And then we recut, yeah. recut, and he got struck for 75 and treed that coon for 100. That's what it was. Y'all were, y'all were the last cast to come in because I'm I, I'm in my head going well. 
you know, I, I should get in. There's one more cast out. And then I asked Joe, I said, what'd you have? And he said, I had 175. I said, me too. He goes, but I had 200 circle. What'd you have? I said, not 200 circle. <laughs> and he goes, 90 platinum. And I was proud for him. Yeah. He was so excited. And that old go. Well, when I think of magic and ring, you know, they got kind of a similar career trajectory as far as they took. Magic never had a bunch of huge wins where he was bringing home 10, 12 grand at a time or nothing like that. You know, and ring was the same way. It just seemed like, you know, you guys went to a lot of hunts and you won a lot of money, but it was a lot of cast wins. I mean, a lot of it cast was. wins. Them poor dogs. If, if, you know, they're, if they could talk and tell you how many miles are on their, you know, little legs and feet, you know, on, and just the competition side of it to win, you know, I think Magic probably ended up with about twenty to twenty-one thousand, if I'm not mistaken. He might have been a little bit more, but Ring at twenty-four, twenty-five thousand. You know, that takes a lot to win that. Yeah, a hundred and ten, a hundred ten dollars at a time. Yeah, a hundred and ten dollars yeah. at a time, and like I said, a, a few little here and there. You know, added purses. You know, at the Lone Star. You know, uh, you know, he would always show out at the Lone Star, but uh, really, it's just kind of one of them things that, like, man, that's a a lot of hunting and not a lot of money won. If you look at it now, you could win that in one night. Yeah, exactly. What about his pups? When did you get your first set of ring pups and when did they hit the ground? Are you using Onyx maps while you're out running your hounds? I know I do. There are all kinds of features within Onyx in that app that allows me to mark den trees. It allows me to mark terrain features. It keeps me from floating my hat on those deep stream crossings so I can mark those shallow places where I can cross streams. I use it all the time, whether I'm east or west. In the east, property is chopped up into smaller chunks, and when a dog gets through the country, I can actually look on Onyx, dial it in, see who owns that property, and plan my route in and out of there to retrieve my hound. When I'm hunting in the west, same thing. All the terrain features are included on Onyx maps, and I can plan my route. I don't always have a choice of where my hounds end up, but I can always depend on Onyx to get me in and out of there as quickly and as easily as possible. You can save 20% on your next purchase at Onyx when you go to onyxmaps.com and at checkout, you enter the code HXP20, you will get 20% off of your next subscription. When you go to houndsmanxp.com, click on the sponsor tab and join us on Patreon, you will receive a code to get 30% off of your next subscription of Onyx. Know where you stand with Onyx. So, uh, you know, when I had got him, Cody had already bred him because, you know, and he had bred him to a female. And, uh, so he had one, one living pup out of him. But when I had got him, I realized, Hey, this is the kind of dog that could, you know, as a coon dog, you know, this is what I've been looking for. I think this dog is kind of what everybody would want in a dog. Uh, so I'm on, I'm on breeding. A lot of people pick on him because he is little, you know, he yeah. 50 pounds soaking wet. And that probably has stirred, you know, I do know a lot of people have called me, you know, and talked to me about him like, man, if he was a little bit bigger, I'd breed to him, but I'm just scared that, you know, he'll throw that in his pups, which it never bothered me. And I was telling that buddy of mine, John, uh, maybe today or, uh, yesterday, I really truly believe rain has held up so well and acts still like a two-year-old because of the size he is yeah if to me if he was a big 80 90 pound dog i don't think that he would be able to withhold and withstand what you know just i mean like i said going to a hunt last weekend with him and uh you know so to me he's just he's a little bit on the short side but that had to, uh, deterred a lot of people from you know breeding to him but it never did me so a buddy of mine uh that lived right down the road he had a female and she was pretty you know she was pretty nice he said well i tell you what let's make that cross and uh let's make this cross and see what we get and i said okay so we did and uh i ended up getting eight puppies out of that litter and we all sent them you know they scattered out you know everybody wanted one so they all got scattered out well i got the one that wouldn't run in tree everybody else has seemed like they wanted to start good and every you know mine's over there looking at a coon like you know i don't know what this thing is and i'm scared to death of it 
And I'm like, that's about, that's about right. So <laughs> anyway, Willie ended up with one and he called him uh, Banjo. Well, he was telling me how trashy this puppy was, how, you know, he'll, he'll run everything with, you know, four legs and a tail. I said, well, heck, let me have him. And uh, anyway, the puppy that I had uh, at the time, I said, you know what? I got a puppy. I'm not going to worry about it. I'm just going to try to hunt him. Well, I got him running trees. So I told Willie, I said, look, just sell him. I'll help you sell him. I ain't got time for him. And uh, so anyway, I helped Willie sell this dog. So I'm hunting mine. And uh, anyway, this guy calls me that he's uh, sold him to. And uh, he says, hey, man, I, I got this pup. And I'm just wondering if you would be interested in buying him back. I said, well, I don't know nothing about him. You know, what, what is he? You know, I mean, I know he's out of range, but, you know, what kind of dog is he? He's a good strike dog, going to be by himself. Tells me all this line of stuff that, you know, everything you want to hear, especially being out of your dog. Yeah. yeah. And, and, I'm, and I'm like, man, you know, absolutely. You know, how much do you want for him? And, uh, and I don't even remember the price, but I was, we were in a group text and I was texting, uh, I think it was like me, Jason Klum, Caldwell, Joe, a bunch of us, uh, Clint Berger. We were all in yeah. a group text. With, Klum texted me out of the blue. He said, hey, I want to buy that dog. And uh, so anyway, I get Klum hooked up with this guy on this dog. He gets him down here. Uh, Klum starts calling him tough. And uh, so anyway, at this point, Klum's got him for about two weeks. Same thing. Clom called duty so trashy. I'm gonna, you know, he's probably not gonna make it around my house. He he might not eat a bowl, another bowl of dog feed. And I said, well, let me take him, you know, see if I can do anything with him. So anyway, I take him. Same thing. The guy that told me all the stuff that you want to hear about your dog that he's running in a tree and he's doing good. None of that was true. <laughs> I mean, I were mean, you surprised head, though? Because every time someone calls me with a dog for sale and they start telling me how good it is, I immediately don't believe them. <laughs> I just almost hang up the phone on them. Yeah, I do. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so we're sitting there, and Clom's like, "Yeah, I'll meet you with him." So I meet Clom with him, and uh, anyway, I get this dog. And he's doing the same thing Clom's telling him, man. He'll run anything. He'll tree possums. He'll do it all. And I'm like, so about, I guess it was one of his last nights that I had made my mind up, like, dude, you better get it together. Or you're about to go meet Jesus. <laughs> um, I'm sitting there, and I, I take him to a feeder, and he just runs over there and falls treed. I'm like, man, he's treed something. And maybe it's a possum. I don't know. I go over there, and he's got a coon in the next tree. He's missed this coon. But I'm excited that this puppy even, you know, wanted to tree a coon. So I shoot the coon out. Yeah. And it was like a light switch. I would, I, I would have shot that coon out, too. It was. Yeah. And um, I did. And it, like I said, a light switch flipped on this dog. And from then on, he just turned into... Josh, a lot of people don't believe me when I say, but this, and I've hunted in a lot of these hunts, but he is by far, and I, and I've got a two-year-old in stick right now, but he is by far the best two-year-old that I've ever seen go coon hunting. Uh, he turned into a freak. Uh, we didn't put, so I called Clom and I tell him what happened and Clom's like, Hey, well, let's just go in partners with him. I said, Hey, sounds good to me. So couldn't ask for a better partner than Jason. Yeah. We, uh, and super good guy on that. You know, we, we, you know, we'd go to a hunt, we split it, whatever it would be. He was great. We, uh, go to the Texas state hunt, UKC, Texas state hunt. He's like 13 months, 14 months old or something like that at the time goes up there and wins it. And I'm like, fluke deal. You know, that's crazy. He wins the UKC state hunt, bunch of dogs there. Yeah. I, uh, you know, I'm, so that was his first kind of big win, you know, that I thought, well, Hey, you know, he's all right, you know, uh, but maybe he just got lucky. Well, then all of a sudden I start putting him in these UK, uh, PKC hunts and he still starts, you know, demolishing these dogs that, you know, I mean, he would just treat coons where, you know, a lot of coons would, you know, a lot of dogs were run by and, uh, anyhow, so I take him to the super stakes. Uh, actually we had him qualified to go to the nationals. And he ended up getting cut on a cast one night by a hog. He was treed, 
on a tree at first and first on it. I have this coon I went to hunt. He's treed. We're walking to him, and all of a sudden I hear him, Bleh! I'm like, man, what was that? And uh, I see him get down off the Garmin, and he starts to come to me. And I'm like, man, this dog don't ever come to me. Anyway, he goes and trees another coon. I go to look at him, and he's got a big hole in his gut. Uh, a hog had run by. I guess he had stirred up a pack of hogs, and it cut him. Well, so we missed the Nationals with him that year. And uh, we had to lay him up a little bit. So I get him over there to the uh, – right after that, you know, Super Stakes is coming around. Mm-hmm. And uh, we end up doing really good at the Super Stakes. Got him in the final seven. I tell people how bad my luck is. You know, there was a final seven. Everybody draws heads up. I draw the three dogs. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, that's just my luck on how that kind of stuff goes. Uh, knowing what I know now as a handler, I should have struck the dog for a hundred, but I was kind of scared. I'd never been that deep in a hunt in that kind of, you know, a, a big hunt like that. Yeah. He leaves out of there screaming and I'm like, man, no, I ain't striking him because if, if I do and he shuts up, I'm going to be in a bind and I'm already, you know, I'm going to be sitting, you know, with a hundred pump right out of the truck. So anyway, I strike him for a 50. Uh, they end up their two dogs bark, uh, Tracy Thompson and, uh, uh oh shoot uh who else was on that cast with me tracy and bobby burden yeah and uh man their dogs go to screaming out of there bang bam strike strike i'm like well i guess strike me now i could have toted the hundred all along but uh anyway i get beat and uh come back home and put him in the uh another ukc state championship hunt this is the following year and win it so he's a two-time Texas state champion. He's done one right around 7,000. And this dog has not been put in a whole lot of hunts. Yeah. Uh, and he ended up dying of, you know, I think what happened, I uh, went out there one night, I treated four singles with him, come home, and uh, he just goes to raising cane in the pen. I'm like, what in the world? I go out there and his gut is bloated up in his chest and it has collapsed his lung. Yeah. And so anyway, I ended up, had to put him down and all that stuff. So it was just a bad deal. But, that was my first pup out of ring that really kind of done something for me and kind of re- made me realize that this dog really can reproduce. What about Stick? How did you come about him? So, I, Waylon Pierce and Van owned uh, Bella, his mama. They had got her from Stephen Dunn up in Arkansas. And uh, I was actually talking to Stephen about that at the Super Stakes this year. He was wondering about him. And, uh, Waylon and uh band said hey i'd like to get a pup out of ring you know let me uh i got this jip right here would you want to breed her i'm like absolutely i'll breed her and uh she's out of zeb three and brendan tony's uh old homer dog's dad yeah and uh so anyway i get her uh i breed her she was really a nice little coon dog she she done a lot of good things for me whenever i was hunting her you know kind of letting ring just relax and you know, I was kind of, he was semi-retired, but I was kind of semi-still pouting because, you know, tough is dead. I don't have another yeah. dog. Uh, but anyhow, uh, I get uh, Bella and start hunting her. She has these puppies, and uh, I think she had five or six of them in their stick. So I end up selling stick, actually, when he was just a little old puppy to Lake and Reynolds, and the dog that I had kept, the puppy I kept out of it, he had got parvo, and I said, like, well, he didn't make it, so I, I, I begged Lakin for this puppy back, thinking, man, you know, I need to get a puppy because this might be one of the last ones at this time. I'm thinking out of ring, he's getting old, and I just need to find something out of him. And uh, anyway, she ends up being nice enough and selling him back to me, so I ended up getting him back, and uh, so he'd been at my house since he's been about four months old, and now we've won, uh, I guess about 19,000, right around 19,000. And, uh, he's a night champion. So he's just, he's been a little blessing to me too. Yeah. How old is sticks now? He will be three in June. Are you going to raise he, any litters out of him? Probably not. I, I, I'm, he's not what he is a nice dog and he's by himself. The one thing I don't like about Stick sometimes is he's hit or miss on a strike. And, I mean, he's my dog. I'll, I'll talk about him all day, you know, and a lot of people might talk about him anyway. But uh, one minute he might strike like the other night. He strikes for 100, and then there's some nights he strikes for 50. And I'm like, where, you know, he's, he's inconsistent sometimes getting struck good to me. 
And I'm, you know, the way some of the things that he does that ring don't do, I don't like, you know, and I'm like, I don't know if I'd ever breed him. A lot of some people have asked me, would you breed stick? And I'm like, man, I just don't know if I would or not, you know, and, and, and to sit back and think, I'm like, well, that would be another, that would kind of just carry on the little, you know, uh, the ring name, you know, then I get to thinking, well, maybe I would breed one female. I, I'm up in the air about it, Josh, but if I do, he'll be seven, six, seven, eight years old before I ever even think about putting him on a female. Yeah. How many pups are out there out of ring? Uh, you know, I called the other day and there are 80 pups showing out of him. And if I was a betting man, like me and Joe told you when we done our last podcast, I would bet there probably aren't but 15 maybe that are alive yeah. out of all that 80. That's just and, like uh, Trader when it shows he's got 40-some pups. And, you know, by the, T2 got blasto, quick fell out of a tree, a couple of them got run over. Uh, the one that littermate sister to scent and shocking them that i raised she gets out of the kennel one day and we lose and there ain't but probably 20 pups out of trader that we ever made it to adulthood when they, we were hunting these dogs like we're hunting them it's hard to keep them all alive i can promise you oh, oh, oh i've had more people call me hey uh he got snake bit or hey he got out of the pen and got ran over you know tufts littermate a uh, really nice little dog named Stack. Uh, I actually owned uh, uh, him for a little bit too, and then I sold him. But, you know, guy calls me one day and all upset. I'm like, what's wrong, man? He's like, man, he said Stack got run over. I'm like, well, well, you know, I'm in my head thinking, that ain't nothing new with these ring puppies. They're a road <laughs> magnet or yeah. a snake bite magnet, and something has killed them. Well, that's the thing. But, when you throw hard-going dogs, they're constantly in trouble. That's right. Constantly that's in right. trouble. Especially, yeah, the, especially uh, the trader stuff that don't ever come to you when you call it. <laughs> hey, that makes it nice when you call and they just look at you and just get further. Yeah, that's right. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it shows that he's got, like, I think 80. And yeah. like I said, maybe 20-something or if if that, I would be willing to bet if that are alive. Uh, like I said, I made stick a night champion. There's a pup out down here uh, out of him right now. Uh He's won about 2,500, and he's a grand knight. Charles Wood has one. That's one. She doubled up at the Super Stakes a couple years ago. Um, she uh, She's a knight champion, working her way towards a grand. Uh, you know, there, there's there's a few down here, but, you know, all in all, if these guys would have hunted these, you know, puppies out of him, there's no telling what this little dog could have probably thrown. Uh, I tell people a lot, he's, to, in my eyes, one of the most underrated stud dogs. I mean, I'm not even considering him a stud dog because that's not what he is, but because I just bred a few females. But, you know, the puppies that are the females that he has bred, there's always been two or three out of that litter that has just been exceptional, you know. And, uh, you know, the exceptional ones end up getting ran over, and the other ones that don't make nothing could get out in the road and play in the road and 18-wheelers <laughs> pass by and nothing happens to them. Yeah, it'll, it'll swerve them and run into your kennels and kill your good ones. Hey, can't K, that's exactly right. You can't kill a sorry one. I don't care what you do, but that one gets over there and sniffing a track by the side of the road, a guy sneeze and run off the road and hit it. <laughs> yeah. Well, but, one of the uh, reasons I was asking that is because if you don't breed sticks, what are the odds of you getting a grand pup to ring, you know, if there's not a, if there's not a whole bunch of them available? So I, I had talked to, uh, and there's not really, so I talked to a guy, you know, D Wilkerson has boogie, uh, him and Tyler Phillips on him together now. And, uh, you know, I, I could get one out of boogie. Uh, but my next thing is I kind of wanted a grand pup off of him uh out of a, i wanted to get a good female off the ring uh and there is a couple charles has a, a a nice one uh glenn tosh up north he has a really nice female she just hadn't been putting a whole lot of hunts uh and i was thinking about you know breeding her to either goose or to rodeo or something like that something hot right now uh you know and getting me a good pup off of that and kind of saying well here's my next generation of ring right, right. uh but i have not hunted any i mean i've hunted nothing but a ring dog since i bought ring 10 years ago and he has blessed me 
you know, he's paid a mini a truck note for me, a car note, house note, uh, all this good stuff. And I've been able to hunt puppies out of him that's been able to do the same thing. Yeah, the old man, which, you know, I just buried Duds last week, and yeah. he was so aggravating. And all, you, you hunted with him. He had all that talent, but he was just, just aggravated me to death. And every time I'd see him, and I'd think, you know, I'm really not going to feel bad when that dog dies. <laughs> but <laughs> but he did, and I did feel bad. Uh, it's not oh. just the hunts that they win or all that stuff, but if it wasn't for Duds, I never would have met Finley. I never would be down here at camp in East Texas. Uh, so many you know, make with them, dog. Exactly. And it's just, uh, they do change your life, and it sounds like Ring has changed yours for the better. And, you know, it's it's hard to keep it going. Uh, we're five generations off Skipper now, but I'm in the same situation you are with Con only having one litter on the ground and one male pup alive. And I'm thinking, I do I want to breed him again and keep that going, or do I want to kind of go a different direction? And you know, it's it's difficult sometimes, but you gotta you just got a deep appreciation for them, especially when they get the age and ring. It is, and you know, and when I bred this female the other, you know, yesterday, I was in my head going, you know, thinking in my head why he's, you know, you know, I'm waiting on him to get done. I'm thinking, you know, this is this is this is probably it, bud. You you better you might as well enjoy it, you know, because this is probably you know one or two more. I've got another guy going to breed another one when she comes in, uh, but you know, heck, that might be next year, and I might have yeah. to use a straw of that semen, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But like I said, you know, I I really do because I know what kind of dog. He's not the best dog in the world. I mean, I've been beat by some of the sorriest, and I've beat some of the uh, some of the best. Uh, you know, he's, he's been good to me. And, you know, like I said about that other guy earlier, you know, we'll hunt what we like and, and I like him and I like what he, you know, has done for me. And, uh, and, and, you know, that being said, what you talked about with does, how many people I've met just along the way with him, yeah. you know, I, I, I never would have, you know, considered joe manning my best friend and you know met chad doolin or met chance lynch and you know all these guys yeah. that have hunted him and, and met all these people along the way if it wasn't for you know buying ring at the time yeah uh he just kind of put me in a different position uh, where i was when i started out hunting and that's you know that's kind of where i want to stay at and with his pups i want to keep doing the same thing well, I hope you do, Chris, and I wish you continued success with sticks and, and ring, and I hope you get, I think you should breed sticks, even if he's not exactly perfect. Uh, I know we're always looking for perfection, and you're looking for that, you know, rule or that meter stick when it comes to, you know, his daddy and stuff, but there ain't nothing wrong with stick, and I think he'd reproduce just fine as well. And I do, too, and I talk to, you know, I've talked to people about it, and like I said, there's nothing wrong with this dog. I you know, I'm, I'm, I'm my dog's biggest critics really in a way, you know, when, uh, you know, I think they should do this and I think they should do that and they don't do it. Willie West told me a long time ago, he said, you know, they're not robots, brother. He said, you know, we, we want this out of them, but that don't mean that they're going to be able to do it every night. Just because it's dark don't mean it's a good night of coon hunting. Yeah. And I said, I said, you're right. But you know, the way stick is bred, he is bred, you know, you can't beat his breeding and, and, He's got a good mouth. He's got, you know, uh, he's got the drive. He, you know, he's got the coons when he trees. He's going, you know, uh, just everything about him. He's got the looks. He's got the size. You know, heck, he probably weighs 70 pounds yep. compared to range 50, you know. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, he he probably would reproduce, and I probably will, you know, eventually, like I said, breeding, but it's going to be no time soon because I still do have seven breedings off a of ring, and I'm not just going to burn them up within the first year or two to get a pup off of him. But, uh, you know, I'll always have that to kind of fall back on, but I do. I probably will breed him down the line, but no time soon. Well, all right, Chris, let's wrap her up. I thank you for joining me and taking the time to do this too. And uh, maybe next time you get up to camp, we can do a little hunting next time I'm around. But this I, will be the latest in the summer, earliest in the summer. Or so. Any, I ain't coming back till it gets cold. <laughs> I'll just say well, that. Well, hey, just come on down here. I mean, the other night we got all that rain and I counted three alligators down here in this uh, creek that runs by my house. So uh, come on down here and we'll hunt and, you know, have a good time. You know, I don't care about the alligators. And the snakes don't bother me, but I ain't dealing with these mosquitoes at 90 degrees no more. <laughs> hey, Josh, look here. I was—I know we're wrapping up, but 
I, we probably got, and it's been dry this past week, thank God, but the week before, the two weeks before, we have probably gotten 10 to, uh, maybe 10 to 12 inches of rain just down here at my house. And when you get in them woods, it's, I mean, you can't even, you got to cover your nose, your, I mean, they're just all over you. Yeah. The mosquitoes are terrible right now. And, uh, I hate putting off on more than anybody in the world because it seems like you put it on and you're instantly sweating to death. Uh, but right now, I have started putting it on because I don't want the West Nile. Yeah, I don't want it either. I've been down here for a couple of nights. We hog hunted. We ain't coon hunted yet. We're going to go tonight. I think Bobby's coming over. But I'm not looking forward to it. It was still, it just snowed on us a couple of weeks ago at the house. <laughs> well, I wish y'all would send some of that down here. It's yep. just such a distance from up there to up down here, you know, with the hunting and with the mosquitoes. And the, we, we talk about it all the time. You know, it's always a big argument over the Internet, you know, hunting the south, hunting the north, yep. you know. Uh, but, yeah, right now the mosquitoes and y'all where you're at, y'all really don't have the gators right now uh, like I do down here. Yeah. Uh, yep. and, and I'm an hour and 40 minutes from you, but they are thick down here. Yeah. See, we got a little four footer right down here below camp, but he's just a pet. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say he's a cute, but yeah. he's a cute little, he's just a pet. He might, he might be able to swallow a little brandy, but I think he'd have a hard time with angel. So I ain't too worried. <laughs> i hear you well yeah y'all kill all them hogs and kill all the mosquitoes while you're at it all right chris hey thanks for joining me buddy and we'll get together and we'll have a hunt soon yes sir i sure appreciate it all right ladies and gentlemen that is mr chris collins and this is the houndsman xp podcast network we thank you for listening